We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. B. Mitchell Finley, 106.7 The Fan. High noon in the District of Columbia. Right now it's time for us to get to the BetQL guest line. Welcome in our friend Alfred Williams from Denver. You can follow him on Twitter at Big Al Radio. Of course, the BetQL guest line. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Let's talk to our guy, Alfred Williams, college teammates with Mr. Eric Bieniemy at the University of Colorado. Al, when we had you on last, we talked about Bieniemy getting the job here, and I said, we're calling you back when he gets the <laughs> job. And sure enough, here we are, man. How excited are you for your boy, EB? I'm excited for him to have this opportunity. But, you know, uh, I would have preferred it um, uh, if he would have got a chance, really, guys, just to be a head coach so yeah. he can run the entire show. But, um, you know, it is what it is right now. I, I really hate that expression, but it really applies right now to Eric Ganymede and the situation that he's in. And um, I guess the trust factor of, of who he is as a leader of a, of, of a group of uh, one side of the ball or another, and uh, we'll see how this all works out. You know, I feel the exact same way. I said, you know, I was disappointed he had to go this route. But, you know, some of the people have come out and start being these naysayers and these critics about the fact that he is an in-your-face, hold-you-accountable type of coach. And you and I came up in the same era where we didn't always like it, but we enjoyed it and we understood that they were trying to get us get the best out of us. What do you what do you say about the people that go well? You know he likes to be in people's face and hold them accountable. How stupid is that? Well, I'll tell you this, man. So uh, I first have to let you know who he is as a player, so you'll understand who he is as a coach. Mm-hmm. So while playing at the University of Colorado, Eric was, you know, a fiery running back. You know, playing for us as we made our national championship run, and it was quite frequently that uh, Eric would get in front of Bill McCartney and just tell him flat out, "Give me the." Freaking ball! I can't tell you what you know. Oh, no, I know what you're saying. <laughs> you know, but he, you know, I mean, this guy, this guy as a player, was demanding on the coaching staff. He was demanding on his teammates. I mean, he was. Uh, he's just been that guy. He doesn't know anything else. Be mentioned JT except the lead man. So when 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 you hear these stories, um, you know, you you kind of understand where it comes from if you played with him, and if you've come from a different background where it's not been welcome, then it may be something that may be different for you. And, you know, I, I heard Shady, man. I heard Shady. I was uh, I was really disappointed in his comments. And, um, you know, what, what he's speaking is his truth. So, uh, you know, I just have to let those words live uh, as, as, as cleanly as possible because that's his perspective. And, and I'm quite sure there are some other people out there that may share some of those same uh, ideas about who he is. But I'm telling you right now, man. What you got is a is a well-informed, well-schooled, hard-working-ass coach who will do anything to help that team win. And he is on top of all things a great husband, a great father, and, and a great friend. You know, I think Al, if if Shady had been totally honest, he would have talked about he carried the ball loosely. 
he fumbled some balls. Eric told him about it, and he got pissed at it. Maybe if he was going to be uh, transparent, he should have told the whole story. You know what I mean? So it, when he said it, I said, that sounds like something personal to me. And what I don't like is young men today who does not like discipline, don't like authority. My dad was a military guy. As I got older, guess what? I still respected what the hell he said because that will take you a lot farther than thinking, oh, I'm going to just do what the hell I want to do. Yeah, I think I think most of the guys that are part of this league right now, you know, you know, there are two two styles. I mean, basically, you can run rough shot or you can love on them hard. And you know, depending on the player, um, that's the way it goes. But you know, when you are, and, and this is the thing that you got uh, your audience should understand because I think you and JP understand this really well. Um, in every room, when you are developing a group, you have a veteran who you expect to do things the right way all the time, okay? Because what's happening in that room is the veteran is showing the younger guys how to play. Mm -hmm. And if the veteran can't lead appropriately in those uh, tasks that he's asked to do, well, how the hell can you teach that to the young guys? So, you know, you cannot let a veteran who runs with the ball outside of his body cylinder uh, onto the field because the next guy may think that he's allowed to do it as well because look at the other guy. You know, so the veteran, when you have that guy, no matter whether he's playing running back or wide receiver, you know, we had a play last year, and, and DeAndre Hopkins was running with the football and with one hand. And, and immediately as I seen it, you know, I just said, you know what, that's a guy I can never have on my team. Now, who coaches a guy to run with one hand with the football <laughs> and, and the ball's knocked free and the Arizona Cardinals fumble the ball, they lose the game? And, and just it, it's just a – it's a character thing. Like, just do things the right way all the time, and then you don't have to worry about these mishaps. Or if a mishap happens, you understand it's just percentages. But, you know, a guy like Shady and the way that he played, he was a great running back while he was uh, in his prime. But, you know, it, 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 it was a problem. And Eric called him out on it, and he played the young guys, and they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And he got a ring. <laughs> so I, I don't understand I don't understand what the, what the what the beef was. But like I said, you know, he was in his room. He was in that room. He has a perspective, and I'm okay with it because that's just the way that's just the way crap goes, right? I mean, you just one guy may not, you know, totally vibe with you. Another guy, you know, may come out and just totally defend you. And I've seen that happen too in the last 24 hours. We talked about this in great detail yesterday, and I was uh, I was just honest with the audience that this is not this is this guy is not your friend. He is your coach. He is a guy that is expected to get the best out of you, and if you can't handle his style you probably want to find someplace else to play. Mm -hmm. Talking with our friend Alfred Williams. You can follow him on Twitter at Big Al Radio. You can listen to him live in Denver every day, 3 to 6 on KOA Sports Zoo out there. Um, of, of course, Big Al's got some Super Bowl rings, got some hardware from his days playing with the Broncos. Dude, this is an aside, and forgive me, how many players win a, a natty in college and a Super Bowl? That that list can't be that long. <laughs> You know what? I like to say that it's a it's a very short list, and and to do it in the same state that I love is just oh yeah, fantastic. I didn't even think there about you that. go. Wow, <laughs> Were there yeah yeah, right down the street, and I didn't have to move to to get those championships. So that was uh, it's just been a it's been you know it it's been a great pleasure of mine to uh, play ball, entertain this uh, audience around here in the Denver metro area. But I think that you know if if I was picking a perfect city for Eric Bieniemy. Man, I'm telling you right now, man. I'm telling you, man. D.C., man, you guys out there in that metro area, 
and the DMV is going to love this guy. So let's let's talk a little bit about that specifically. This is somebody you've known. I mean, you guys won the title in 90 at Colorado. I mean, you've known him 30 years. What do you expect offensively? We know that he is a no-nonsense coach that's going to hold guys accountable. What strategically do you expect? More RPOs, a, a better, a different run game, some of that creativity we saw in Kansas City. What should Commanders fans expect from this offense? Well, this is uh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you asked because um, a lot of people don't understand and don't know that the adjustments that were made with the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half in that Super Bowl were primarily Eric Bieniemy's uh, calls. You know the. the mm-hmm. You know, we had we had plays that were wide open bust where guys were running shot free in the red zone. I'm talking about without five, ten yards around them. I you never see that. You know what I'm saying? But you know, they they you know the Kansas City Chiefs knew that the uh, that the uh, the defense of the Eagles would be playing man to man. They stemmed a little bit off, off the back guy and then rolled him back out to the flat. We gave him a natural pick and. Two times, man. Guys just walked into walked the end in the zone. zone. I mean, it, it, it was it was impressive, yeah. right? You saw twenty four second half points, and it was it was just you know they couldn't stop them because the halftime adjustments were great. So if you you know if you're looking at creative offensive play calling, look for that, and also look for third down efficiency to be better than it's been out there in the in the in the DC area uh, for this team because this is where you see the greatness in coaches. You see the greatness in offensive coaches. Uh, in the red zone and on third down. Mm-hmm. Your, your job as an offense is to score touchdowns and to convert on third down. And I think that if you have uh, a, the right quarterback, and I don't know who that's going to be, if that's Howell or if you're going to go with a guy like Derek Carr or like, like I suggested you know, a, a little while ago, uh, that could be exciting. That could be exciting if you have the right guy uh, that understands and knows how to play the game and you have an offensive coordinator who can scheme it. And I'm telling you, man, this dude can scheme it. You know, you, you took me back earlier. You made a comment about trying to be the leader all the time. And I told this story to JP before when I was in college as a sophomore, David Culley told me, you can't just be a leader when you want to be. You got to be a leader 24-7. And that, that kind of resonated with me. And it, it followed me in classrooms because I didn't skip class anymore. I went to class. <laughs> you know, when I was running, I tried to be first. You know, I wasn't ever going to be the last one rolling in. And then still today, I try to be as good as I possibly could be because somebody's looking. And, and, and it, it still troubles me with all of the things I, I see happening in the inner cities here. And I'm sure you see them happening in, in Colorado as well. And people don't want – and people people outside get pissed because somebody's trying to make somebody do the right thing. It troubles me, man. Well, totally. I mean, that's just uh, – I think that's just uh... – you know, accountability is just something I think we all have to uh, um, just ratchet up. I mean, really, I mean, there's there's a lot of blame game for a lot of things and a lot of issues that a lot of people are going through, not just athletes, but in, in, in our communities in general. The blame game is, is um, you know, it, it's a you know, woe is me society, you know, yeah. and I can't, I can't tell you how much um, I hate it. You know, I have, I have five, I have five kids, four sons and a daughter. And, you know, I always tell them you're responsible for the life that you live. And so when, when, when I speak to my kids that way, then they understand that I am not trying to tell them what to do, that you're, but you're responsible for, for your actions and how you carry yourself and 
what your future earnings is, what your future uh, education is, and also, you know, what your future romantic relationship is. I mean, all of those things uh, should be at least discussed and Mm -hmm. and, and talked about in family homes. And sometimes it doesn't get discussed. But in in our profession, especially BMAT, you understand this. You have special men that help you, mold you into the person that you want to become. Eric the Enemy is one of those guys. Like you just, just to have him in the building is great because he's gone through all the same silliness that we've all gone mm-hmm. through in our growth cycle. And sometimes you need somebody just to be real with you about, you know, we just can't have it. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't do that. You can't, you can't go out and party and, and expect that you're going to get the best out of your body. You cannot have these strange relationships that, uh, that pull away from your attention while you have this short window for earnings. And, you know, all of those things, those storylines that, you know, some coaches try to tell you, you know, you don't really, how do I say, you don't really grasp it all until there's a guy that's gone through some of the similar situations that you've gone through. And you guys have a unique situation that I love in the, in the Washington Commanders. You have a head coach that played in the league in Rivera. You have a defensive coordinator that played in the league with uh, Del Rio. And you have an uh, offensive coordinator who played in the league with uh, Eric Bieniemy. You know, uh, I, that, that's a, a rare occasion where you have three heads of, uh, of, of offense, a defense, and a head coach. It's a rarity to see that those guys are all former players. And I think that that's going to benefit you guys. I saw it benefit the, the Detroit Lions last year. It took a couple of years, but it benefited them. And I think it's going to benefit you this year. Well, it, what's interesting, if you go further down the roster, you've got Randy Jordan Randy played, Jordan, played yeah. in the league six, seven years. Ryan Kerrigan played in the league, I think, 12. Uh, Richard Rodgers was a tight end in the NFL for a long time. Um, you know, you, you've got some people with Scanina, I think, played in the NFL for like 18 years once he got into mm-hmm. being a snapper. It, that is a great point, Al. I um, We're talking with our friend Alfred Williams. You can listen to him out in Denver, 3 to 6, KOA Sports Radio. He was a Colorado Buffalo in 1990 when they won the national championship with a fella named Eric Bieniemy at running back. Um, Big Al played nine years in the NFL. I, Al, you played nine years in the pros. Brian, you played 14. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm curious about this. You've got a guy coming in in EB that – and I say this endearingly, respectfully, and I'm pretty excited about it, frankly. You've got a guy coming in that's going to run the offensive side of the building, and he's a known hard ass. I like it. I think you're going to have some players uncomfortable. What is that vibe like when you have a coaching change and somebody all of a sudden is in your face challenging you? Well, I think for people like myself, I would like it because if what, if what we've been doing – didn't have somebody challenging us, didn't work. I want to see if the other side works. And if I know that he truly cares about me, I don't care if he yells. Because as I told you yesterday, the guys that are serious about their business won't get yelled at because they're going to be taking care of their business. The guys that get yelled at be the ones that are out there pussyfooting around and not doing their job and they need to be talked about. Well, I'll I'll tell you this. uh, I've always looked at it like this, man. My my goal – while I was playing, you know, I, I and, and I, you know, I'd be totally honest with you guys. I didn't learn how to play football in the NFL until year five. And I was with the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. I had four years. Did you just get by on natural talent? 
I, listen, man, I just didn't know, I didn't know how to play. I just didn't know. Uh, listen, man, when you are a high draft pick, you uh, you tend to be a guy that stays on the field no matter what, right? When you play defense, um, at least that was that was the case back in 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 the nineties, in the early nineties. Like I played all the plays, so uh, I didn't know how to play hard. I didn't appreciate technique, and then I went out to the San Francisco Forty Nine ers, and I learned to play football. And the beneficiaries of it was the Denver Broncos, and I always talk about. Uh, learning how to play the game. And you learn to play the game by winning every snap that you get a chance to play. Like, that's, that's, that's the idea here, right? So if you win your opportunities more than your opponent and everybody does that, you have a, the best chance to win. You see what I'm saying? So, so the idea is to, to have uh, a, a repetitive win and do that frequently enough where you can get some offensive productivity, some defensive productivity, and and also just to give you overall confidence. Because a lot of this game is about confidence. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it is about technique, and a lot of it is just basically winning against the guy that you're supposed to play against. And so those are the the principles, I think, that um, don't get talked about enough because Everybody just wants to win, right? It's, it's the win, right? It's the it's the the dub on the on the on the on the spreadsheet, right? You get the win or you get the loss. Well, in those wins, you have individual wins that have to happen before you can get a team win. True. And I think that's where you're going to get a a, a, a lot of a, a, a big shot in the arm with a guy like Eric because he's going to challenge everybody to get their win, and not just as a team, but individually as a right guard, as a left tackle, as a tight end, as a quarterback, as a wide receiver, you've got to get your wins. And you don't get your wins, you can't have the success that we all enjoy. See, yeah, I tell you, like, I, I, Ernest Biner was here when I first got here, and I, we had a, a multitude veteran of player. veteran players on this football team that it took you to year five. I started hearing it in year one, but it took me to about year three before I figured it out because I still wanted to do what I wanted to do, but – if they hadn't have been there, I don't think I would have caught it till by year six or seven if I would have been around that long. And I think too right. many times in this day and age, it's too many young guys running things and coaches are being lax with them, expecting them to just know it when you don't have a guy who's been through it to really teach them. Right. I, 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 I am, I'm, a total, I'm in total agreement with you on that because what happens is that you have bad habits. Like the worst thing that can happen to an NFL player or NBA, any, any professional athlete, anybody out there who's starting in a trade is to be taught. Just imagine if you were a person that worked in the business of concrete and the guy who taught you how to pour concrete was a poor tradesman. And so you, <laughs> you take on this job and then you go work for somebody else and you do the same crappy job. Not only is it going to be embarrassing to you, but you're going to cost people money, right? You yep. got to learn it right the first time. Learn it right to, to do. Learn to do things right the first time, so you can have a base and foundation, so you can keep doing things right going forward. I didn't have that in Cincinnati. Okay, we were a losing franchise. I didn't trust the coach. We had a guy by the name of David Chula, who was a first-time coach who never had any experience. He was a terrible coach for me and my organization. And you know what? It cost me. It cost a lot of guys. Man, we had a guy that played for you guys, and Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson was yep. the first overall pick. I had that guy as a rookie, man. And we had a coach, man, who tried to put this guy in the wrong stance the day one, day one of his initiation into the NFL. 
And I just, I just looked at the coach because he didn't know what the hell he was doing. And I told the coach, I said, man, that's not right. And I yelled at him. I, I yelled at, right at the coach. I said, that's not right. And that's why you shouldn't be the defensive line coach. Now, of course, they didn't like that, but I, was wanted, I, I couldn't wait to get out of there. But it was that kind of introduction to the NFL. That guy should have been a Hall of Famer. That guy, Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson, should have been a Hall of Famer if he would have got taught the right way. If he would have been in San Francisco, he would have been a Hall of Famer. If he would have been with Mike Shanahan here in Denver, he would have been a Hall of Famer. But that's why it takes a great coach to get these guys going the right way. I don't want excuses. I just want these guys to get all they can get out of what they have. Man, listen, you guys lived it. You were in the league. Just as somebody who's been covering it for a long time now, I've heard that from so many people about how the situation has to be right for a player to maximize what they have and that so many players just don't get to maximize their talent because the situations are just so screwed up. Um, Al, we always love having Appreciate you, you all, Al. man. Everybody give him a follow at Big Al Radio. And, and forgive me, I we've talked now a few times. I don't know how we've gone this long without me asking. You were listed in your playing days at 6'6", 260. Were you a skier or a snowboarder at Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I didn't do either of those things while I was playing. But after I got done, I became a snowboarder. They call me the BBB, baby, the big brother on the board. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Man, right, me and B got to get out to the mountains and do some boarding with you. Thank you for the time. No, B not. Appreciate it. All right, Al. Thank you, brother. You too, right. man. That right. is Bye-bye. Alfred Williams, two-time Super Bowl <laughs> champ. How many people won a natty in college and a Super Bowl in the pros. That list cannot be that it's long. It's not that long. Man. I'd love if there's an enterprising listener out there, give me that list. Now, if there's an enterprising listener out there that's looking for something to do this weekend, I got your answer. Go to the cloakroom. Nominated multiple times for best overall gentlemen's club in the country, and it just got better. Located at 50K Northwest, Cloakroom is the first gentlemen's club in the United States, the whole damn country, to have its own sports book. Place wagers at traditional betting windows or kiosks while enjoying the entertainment. If you're not into that, just take an elevator up to the beautiful year-round climate-controlled sportsbook and lounge called the Over Under. They gave me a hoodie at Over Under. I wear it. I get a ton of compliments on that. Now, Over Under, they got a state-of-the-art retractable roof, TV showing all the games, college hoops, NBA if they ever start playing again, hockey, whatever you're looking for, they've got it. UEFA Champions League, enjoy hard-to-find booze, killer bourbon selection, drink specials every weekend, cloakroomdc.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.